Welcome back to the Core EM Podcast, core content for anyone, anywhere, and just in time. This is the official podcast of the NYU Bellevue EM Residency Program. Our conference has moved into a module focusing on abdominal complaints and disorders. And today we had a lecture by one of our second year residents, Gordon Wu, focusing on the chief complaint of abdominal pain. With me again, of course, is Jenny Beck-Esme. Jenny, you're in your third year of residency. I'm going to guess that you've maybe seen one or two patients with abdominal pain, right? Yeah, of course, Swami, obviously. Anybody who has worked even a day in the emergency department knows that abdominal pain is an incredibly common chief complaint. According to the CDC, abdominal pain is the single most common reason that American patients visit the ED, and it accounts for about 7 million visits per year. So as we know, abdominal pain can be tricky. There are numerous surgical intra-abdominal processes that are obviously no-miss situations, but we kind of know how to evaluate for these. We often get lab work and imaging, either an ultrasound or a CAT scan. But much more often, abdominal pain can be vague, benign in nature, and sometimes it's not even attributable to organs within the abdomen. Yeah, this is always a bit tricky, and this is what Gordon chose to focus on for this week's lecture. Cases of abdominal pain that don't originate in the abdomen and for which a CT scan is really not going to help you very much. The idea here is that you have to make sure or at least consider the extra abdominal diagnoses within your differential. So the first case he presented was that of a patient presenting with abdominal pain in the setting of DKA. Abdominal pain may be the presenting chief complaint in both children and adults, although I find it to be a little more common in children presenting with DKA. And the abdominal pain is going to resolve as you treat the DKA. So as their acidosis and ketosis resolves, so will the abdominal pain. It's unclear exactly what causes that abdominal pain, but likely it has to do with ketogenesis. There are multiple other metabolic disorders that can present as abdominal pain as well. There's also things along the toxicologic lines, such as various ingestions or withdrawal symptoms. There's a nice uh, list that's on the Life in the Fast Lane website, and we're going to link to that in the show notes. Just to be really tricky, some patients' DKA is going to be set off by intra-abdominal pathology. So they come in with pancreatitis, appendicitis, cholecystitis, and they've got DKA. And this is really tough because you don't know if that abdominal pain is from the DKA or if they've got that intra-abdominal pathology that you need to chase down. Exactly. The second category within the differential that should be considered are the GU causes of abdominal pain. Disorders of the male genitalia, such as testicular torsion, orchitis, and inguinal hernia, epididymitis, these can often present as abdominal pain. Now, this isn't due to referred pain, which we sometimes call it. This is actually due to the innervation of the male genitalia. Think way back to medical school, back to your embryology, and remember that the testes are derived at the same level as the kidneys, and they consequently share the same level of innervation from T10 to L2. As the fetus matures, the testes descend into the scrotum. Bear with me. But since this innervation comes directly from the T10 to T12 spinal level, the brain continues to perceive this as abdominal pain. That's all well and good. Your patient might ask you. But the important thing here is to keep the GU diagnoses in mind and be sure to do a genital exam. Yeah, that was quite the flashback to medical school with the embryology there. The right. only thing I remember from embryology is that the testicles come from tissue in the abdomen and something about endocardial cushion tissue. That's it. That's yeah. all I know about embryology. And I don't think we need to get any further into that than Nightmares, that. nightmares. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it can't really be overstated how important this GU exam is for uncovering the source of abdominal pain. And this should also remind us to consider gynecologic organs as the etiology for women's abdominal pain. Not every female patient is going to require the full speculum exam. Sometimes a bedside bimanual is going to be enough, but I don't think you want to 
skip this all the time because you can miss diagnoses like ovarian torsion, tubo ovarian abscess, or PID. And of course, of course, absolutely 100%, if they're anywhere between the ages of 18 and, oh, I don't know, 65, make sure that you get a beta HCG and consider an ectopic pregnancy. 18, I think you'd need to do it in patients even 14. younger. There you 14 go. to 16, 12? Should we go as low as 12? Maybe. 12 to 65. Read the situation. <laughs> okay, so the next area of the differential not to overlook is the skin. Make sure you undress the patient and get a good look at the area of complaint. It would be a shame to CAT scan a patient only to discover their pain is due to a whopping zoster lesion. When I was a medical student, a very smart emergency medicine resident taught me that in addition to thinking through my differential by broad categories, such as metabolic, toxicologic, etc., to think about the area of complaint and imagine an arrow shot straight through it. Then go stepwise through every body part that arrow would touch on its way through and consider it within your differential. So obviously the skin would be the first thing the arrow would hit and it's so easy to see and rule out and so embarrassing to miss. That's a really good tip. And I would also advise that if the patient was shot with an arrow through the abdomen, you should look for that as well. It's obvious, but sometimes we miss things. Agreed. Lastly, let's consider things that are outside of the abdomen, but above the diaphragm that could be causing abdominal pain as well. So intrathoracic conditions like pneumonia, pulmonary embolism, MI is kind of the classic one, and pericarditis, they all cause inflammation of the parietal thoracic pleura. And because that pleura abuts between the thoracic cavity and the abdominal cavity, you can get irritation and you can get abdominal pain as your presentation for that intrathoracic process. The lower intercostal nerves also innervate the abdomen, and this explains why you're going to have that irritation. Make sure to get an EKG in any patient that's at risk for MI if they come in with abdominal pain, specifically looking at epigastric abdominal pain. And this is most common in diabetics with epigastric pain that they actually are hiding an inferior wall MI. So we want to make sure to look for that. All right, Jenny, I think we covered a lot of stuff here. Can you sum this up in a couple of big take-home points? Sure. So first, make sure you're considering metabolic, endocrine, or toxicologic diagnoses when you're faced with a patient with unexplained abdominal pain. Second, perform the GU or the GYN exam. Think about it and do it. Third, undress the patient and make sure you're doing a thorough physical exam so you don't miss something obvious. And lastly, consider diagnoses outside of the abdomen and thoracic diagnoses, particularly ACS in at-risk patients. Excellent. Well, that's all for the Core EM podcast this week. Head on over to the site at coreem.net, where we've got lots of great core content EM. Coming up this week on Wednesday, we're going to have a blog post on AC separation. And on Thursday, we've got a journal update on optimal central line placement. Don't forget to check out our Facebook page, follow us on Google Plus, and on Twitter, where our handle is at core underscore EM. Thanks, and see you next week. 